Podcast Maximus, a podcast that looks into all possible futures, analyzes them, and then crushes your head. <laughs> I am Stuart Webb, and I'm joined today by two people whose identities are destroyed and then replaced with new ones. First, it's Marion, who is really Megan Gigliodi. For record of records, that was a, that was a trivia question we posed you on our last episode. Hello, Marion. Hello. I think you may have been hit by some kind of amnesia weapon, Stuart. You can't remember my name. And uh, Tom McNally, who is really Johnny the Cobbler, the local crazy drunk man who used to live around Kidderminster. I was born on the moon. Sure, Johnny. Of course you were. He <laughs> went on opportunity knocks. He was a nutter. Anyway. <laughs> We're here, that's some local humour there. <laughs> We're here today to talk about issue 23 of Lost Light, the unremembering Crucible Part 4, I think. Uh, written. Fa- five. Oh, Part five, 5, sorry. It says the title's at the end of it, not at the start of the issue where I'm looking. Uh, it's Part 5 of uh, Crucible, the unremembering. Written by James Roberts, art by Jack Lawrence, colours by Joanna Lafente, letters by our friend Tom B. Long. He put us in one of his comics. That's the level of fame we're at now. <laughs> so the whole team back together again, the regular art and creative team. And uh, it, it's an issue where some pretty big things happen, isn't it? Uh, Starting with Primus, who's got a bit of a chin since the last issue. He's got to be more of a square jaw. He's been working on, 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 his, uh, on his face, building up those face muscles. Uh, he's destroyed the four for five Cybertrons. Easy come, easy go. You know, we seem to lose the Cybertron every issue of every comic now. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it was unfortunately times. This is like a same month, but uh, we will be talking about it. Yeah, I think uh, touching on some of the other comics as well. So if you don't want to be spoiled for uh, Unicorn Optimus Prime, uh, go la 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 la. At this point, this, give them a second to do that. Uh, but this was the same month that uh, the regular everyday Cybertron was destroyed in Unicron. And it's like James Roberts is going, ha ha, I can do better than that. You blow up one Cybertron. I'm going to blow up all the Cybertrons. <laughs> Mostly off panel as well. Um, I hadn't read that issue yet. Oh. <sighs> But I did say there will be spoilers for those issues, though, and you should have yeah. gone la 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 at the point. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I just wanted you to feel bad for a second there. I don't really care. <laughs> I, I, I never feel bad. I'm just dead inside. <laughs> <coughs> uh, so, Lawrence puts together a real good space battle here. I really like these. I, I really like the on the second page. There's like the shot of Primus's face. It's actually quite. It's sort of he's turned um, sort of on his tummy, and it's quite hard to make out what's going on. It's it's mm. like quite a cool abstract thing. You sort of seeing the space battle, and then it sort of resolves in your mind. Um, and then yeah, it's just, it, there's something very uh, something very anime about all this. I had a click last issue, but. Uh... All of Megatron ships have been painted purple as well, not just for Lost Lights. <laughs> He's down with his branding. Oh, is that what, is that what those ships... Those ships are Megatron ships. I they're, thought... they're the ones that came through the portal with him because they're all the same uh, colour. 
No, they were chasing him, weren't they? No, no, that's all the... Uh, all of his uh, team, all these uh, revolutionaries. Oh, I thought they were all on the last light. I thought he was being chased by the Functionists. To be honest, I, I was a bit confused about it because she said we got, got caught in the rush to escape, mm. making it sound as if everybody was trying to run away from the giant Primus. Mm. Uh, but... Yeah, the the results and implica- well, they're attacking. They're attacking Primus, so they can't be the cancel ships, can they? Oh yeah, good. Uh, they are the same color as uh, the other last slides as well, or last slides, which I missed it being called that last issue. So I missed a lot, a lot last issue basically. It's always- okay, well, there's a lot going on. I think it's 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 fine. We can talk about this as friends and, and get the story straight. <laughs> no, nobody's judging here. I feel I I. But- Reader, listener, they are pulling judgment, judgmental faces, especially Tom. <laughs> Banging my Salamis hammer. Oh, is that what you call it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, but uh, if not to ruin more things uh, for Mario, but uh, I, I think we talked about how we, uh, the last issue about how he felt like a bit of a, uh, almost like James was riffing on the Unicron book. Uh, with some of his stuff, so I think you might be worth mentioning that he did say that he planned uh, uh, Asia, that he had planned this all along, and he was actually worried uh, after they announced Unicron that he wouldn't be allowed to do it because he thought maybe they won't let us have two planet-sized guys going around ripping up Cybertrons. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, this there's, there's a weird leakage because from Transformers versus GI Joe, which I loved and no one else did. Um, uh, I, I, I like issue zero. I just haven't read the rest yet. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> but that ends with a transformed uh, Cybertron in the mode of Primus, which is inhabited. Um, kind of, they re-inhabit Cybertron when it's in robot mode. It's also got a Transformers God of Death. Uh, interestingly. <laughs> But Tom, I hadn't read Transformers versus GI Joe, so now you've ruined that for me. Well, those are kind of strange fragmentary <laughs> images that are, are actually in the series as strange fragmentary images. Um, so I think you're getting getting more of a taste than a spoil. Of course, John, John Barber would have known about uh, all these plans as the editor, well, so well, maybe, he, maybe he was my point, James. I'm wondering where the chicken and where the egg is in this situation. It's like, yeah, that's a great idea. Tom, why don't you draw this? All right, yeah, yeah. And I'll put in a reference to this damn toy box and, and this movie and uh, do it all in crayons. That um, sounds like my first impression of Transformers versus Joe. That's, that's, yeah. I mean, I love it sincerely. and I think it's an amazing work of art, but that is what it's like. Right. So we've got giant battle, and then we've got uh, we pick up kind of where we left off, which is big revelation that uh, Rung is Primus. Uh, yeah, he seems a bit embarrassed. He seems a bit. He's, is that how you're reading it? Yeah, I guess he's <laughs> a little bit. He's he's doing the oh god, oh god. Maybe <laughs> wanted a bit of a dick to him in this scene. Remember, laughing in his face and going, no, no, I'll buy the farmer is. A god has a god in his head. I'll buy the Tereste is a god. I'll buy the Necrobot is a god. And I'll buy the little ball round Nickel's neck is a god. But not, not wrong. <laughs> everybody, I believe everything about this story except this one. Well, also, Rodimus has met two Primuses this afternoon. 
Ratchet's line is the best one. But I mean, it's the reason God, he's making less and less of an effort to make me believe in him. It's like, I'm sitting right here. <laughs> if, if I were wrong, God would unleash some righteous wrath at this point. <laughs> Actually, wait. No, there have been three Primuses this afternoon. Between between uh, uh, Scrapplet oh, Primus. Oh, God, yeah. I'm not um, mentioned the actual other guiding hand they met earlier in the day. Yeah. The projected one, like the fake one. We're at like eight in the evening at this point. Like it's <laughs> it's kind of diminishing returns. We just had planet-sized primers. Now rung primers. What? Yeah, you, I'm, you know, I'm willing. I'm willing to believe all the fake primers, <laughs> but not the real one. And it's the same month that they uh, since they left Necro World, so they were sanding over the body of a god at the start of this month, and they go away. It's been a it's been a god-heavy time. Few weeks for it. Yeah, jeez. Uh, I met the other one as well, actually, this month as well. So that's four primuses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's so, everywhere. <laughs> got moon size, your planet sized run, who's not God, but then you've got planet sized Primus, who's also not a God, but now you've got normal sized run, who is a God. What? <laughs> uh, I, I don't think I said it on a podcast, but I did say to James in a shaking my fist, scale, ooh, Robert's way. Uh, if we recorded that podcast after the issue about the guy didn't have his even come out, I would have said, this bit feels a bit superfluous. They could have cut that out and given some more room to the getaway stuff. Luckily, we recorded it after a reveal of a real guy in hand uh, when it became apparent what the point of that scene was. So I didn't look like a total idiot. Oh, hey, hey. You would have had some egg on your face, sir, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, my God, nobody knows. <laughs> Um, so there's something interesting here with how uh, the relationship between Rung and Whirl is kind of talked mm. about immediately. And it's a little primer in how we now have to reassess, I guess, what, what Rung is doing with his face right now and reassessing all his relationships with everybody. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's nice to go back and rethink all of that, isn't it? And not necessarily everyone's relationships with Rung, but everyone's relationships with Primus. Mm. So, um, yeah, Will nearly choked him and then told him he was his friend and then saved him. Um, so that that and and also he was his patient. So that pretty much describes Will's relationship with God as well. It's just very complicated. Um, mm, but but ultimately positive. Yeah, which is which is interesting. Thing is, we, when we meet Whirl, he's about to kill himself. Yeah, that's true. Um, Cyclonus, who is very he's a, <gasps> a, a believer, doesn't have much of a relationship with Rung. I mean, it's just a flat relationship. Hmm. Yeah, there's no malice there, but I don't think they've ever had a moment together. In fact, is, is Cyclonus here or is he on the other ship? Uh, I don't He's see on the other ship, right. Yeah, so was, so it, Drift and Cyclonus were sort of the two big religious ones mm. are here for the big discussion about whether Rung is uh, Primus. Same for Swerve. Mm. But Nautica's the only one who actually cares about Rung's feelings. <laughs> yeah, and that's that great yeah. thing about, you know, Nautica is the one who doesn't have all the baggage of of their society mm. and is able just to cut to the point like we're actually 
you know, it doesn't actually matter if this guy is God, if he's Primus, or whatever you think of him, he is our friend Ron. Mm. He could grow his arm back just by thinking about it. <laughs> there are other more interesting relationships, though, to ponder. Uh, getaway? Mmm. So, Getaway, who just seems very indifferent towards Rung. Mm. And has his um, his big, but but is waiting for God to reward him, but has re- God right next to him, and he sends him off to his death. <laughs> yeah, as collateral damage. Yes, um, I mean we've made the point about the functionists before that they had God right there and they tortured him, crucified him, and nearly killed him. <laughs> and fundamentally and- didn't understand him. Yes, and could not, yes, could not, but use them for their own devices quite shamelessly. Mm. And still and then, do. Only they and, don't know that it's who, who he is, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, what was the name of the resistance group in, in the Functionist Universe who worship Rung? The All Hail the Useless One people? Did they have a name? Oh, good question. Oh, it, was it, the, it was initials, wasn't it? Uh, the Rungettes, I believe. <laughs> but yeah, that was it. <laughs> well, yeah, so, so speaking of uh, groups for worship people, uh, I did want to point out, just because I, I, I only read it because James was selling scripts to TF Nation, that the very first time you see Farmer in that double page spread in issue uh, four, mm. I think it is, uh, I had to think there because the script had a different issue to put it, but uh, the very first time he's there, they mention Adeptus, uh, the two guys, they're letting into Delphi, a part of a uh, uh, militant monoformers movement, I think it was, uh, and uh, they worship Adeptus. <laughs> They're working for Farmer, and then later about the same issue, when Ratchet is talking about Farmer's hands, he says that does not make me believe in Adeptus. Mm. So it's, um, hang on, hang on, wait. So the, the, the militant monoforms, are they? They didn't work. They weren't actually monoforms. They, they, no, they, they that's the whole point. Yeah, they didn't yeah. work for Pharma. Oh, yeah, they didn't no, work for Pharma. They were working for Pharma. They weren't really monoformers, yeah. so yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they worked for Pharma. Yeah, in the end, that was the reveal. Um, but there is um, there is a bit in that same issue where... Oh, no, it's not the same issue. It's after Ron gets shot, where Drift is recounting his, his first meeting with... Uh, Ratchet, where he sees oh. him at the clinic, and he says that Ratchet says, "Oh yes, I really am. My hands are really special. Adaptus be blessed." And this is the point where Ratchet like shuts his mouth up and goes, "You're putting words in my mouth. It's never happened. I never said this." Uh, and of course, he does end up with uh, with Farmer's um, <laughs> um, hand. So, and I'll, I'll mention it now, but my favourite thing uh, from looking through all the shoes is right at the start, the very beginning, the first page of Chaos Theory, when Rung is being bullied by the two nasty students. Uh, they go to him, oh, what are you then? Uh, one of the Knights of Cybertron, which I guess was what you were supposed to focus on in that sentence, uh, considering what was coming, or one of the ancient progenitors, who have been mentioned once or twice in, uh, in IDW around that time. I don't think it's come up recently, though. Uh, but I've got to call back all the way back to the very first mention of Primus in the American Marvel comic, 
where you have one of the most awkward dialogue exchanges in the entire comic, where... Uh, like with Bumblebee and, and Zaron. Bumblebee and Zaron, where... Uh, because Primus is going to show up at the end of issue, we need to introduce the concept, and Primus, uh, Zaron literally just goes, Hey, Bumblebee, something, something, Primus. And Bumblebee goes, Oh, nobody's mentioned the uh, name of our near-mythical progenitor in many a year. And it's, just, it's so incredibly badly written, that panel. At some point, the editor of the comic has put a little footnote explaining what progenitor means. Hard <laughs> check with James, this was intentional as well. He was <laughs> falling back to that comic and giggling as he was writing it. Going, <laughs> 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 oh, what, a, what a man. It was all for you. Um, there's, um, and this is something which hasn't quite been dropped on, like... We're, the concept of Primus seems to be, you know, just right there in his name, going back to R.U.R., like, he's just the first one. There's not an idea of him being the progenitor here. But then, but the, the his unofficial theme song, which uh, Roberts has nominated for him, uh, is Ben Fold still fighting it, which is kind of a song he wrote to his, to his son, which is just like, oh, you know, hello, son. Uh, I know it's hard getting old and growing up, but you know, let's when you when you're old enough to understand, let's sit down and have a few beers. And I'm sorry that you're a lot like me. Uh, I guess that was always going to happen. Uh, it's, that's a fight we both have. Which is in he says that he's had that idea, that song in line for rung forever. But uh, it's interesting. I wonder if there's another kind of. Rung's made the Matrix. There's still a bit of question marks about what the Matrix is and mm. how that relates to hotspots and uh, reproduction. Oh, uh, speaking of hotspots, another big clue from a long way yeah. was uh, way back in uh, Remaining Light, mm. when uh, both him and Rodimus set off uh, the mob at the same time and activate the hotspots, and egotistical Rodimus thinks it's him. I mean, to be honest, there's so many. This is... Uh, James Roberts has been seeding this for years. I mean, Rung has been crucified about twice. <laughs> well, so is Hot Rod as well, to be fair. The, the bit about the spark field, I think, is something that everybody wondered about. And there were a lot of theories about And everybody kind of said, no, you know, that that was too much in our face. That has to have been wrong and not Rodimus. Like, there were, it was framed in a way where you knew it wasn't Rodimus. And the only other person on him on the mob was wrong. So they both stepped on it at the same time. But obviously, nobody knew what it could mean. It could have been anything. But the theory about that has been around. Um, ever since that issue came out. There are other things, though. Uh, obviously, the very first uh, promo poster of Rung was that he wants to be remembered. Um, first day, uh, forgets who he is when he sees him, and there's that joke about, I was your psychiatrist for like hundreds of years. Um, when he gets damaged by Cyclonus and Rung, uh, sorry, Ratchet, then takes him back to the Medibay. I didn't pick up on this, actually. That was on the wiki. Um, he says, you have in remarkable good condition, you know, for your age. Mm. Um, so there's little, lots of little things like that. I mean, the things that Rung mentions himself in this issue, he gets shot in the head. It seems to survive. He survives the fateful archetype accident. Um, you know, um, I mean, we've seen how many times he's been hit on the head. Oh, well, <laughs> issue issue six that has bugged me for years. That was that's still one of my favourite issues. But I hate hate hated up until this issue came out how Rung 
got better for being shot point blank range in the head. I always yeah. thought it was a massive. And that was around the time people say that a lot about James copying out on uh, cheats with people seemingly dying and they're not. Um, yeah, because those rewinds got blown uh, up. Red Alert. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm sure it's that he respects him. He's saying Red Alert was the only one who regresses. Which, mm. uh, but now he's a cyclic gliding hand a couple of issues ago. He's deliberately making every criticism I've ever thought about this series invalid. And I hate James Roberts for doing that. I'm shaking <laughs> my fists at him with his 10-year-long game. Ooh, I'm glad we didn't have to wait another 18 months to find out what a fool I was. I want to be just even more embarrassing. Okay, so it's it's fairly obvious that Rang was seeded from the from all the way back in Chaos Theory. Do we think that's the case for the rest of the guiding hand? I think there's something tricky. I, I think the adapter whatever was planned for adapters hasn't quite panned out. Because hmm. it as yeah, Stuart says there's adaptus is sort of introduced and kind of comes part and parcel with Farmer. And Farmer gets his magic hands later on, he's on Luna One doing all this stuff. But Adaptus isn't Farmer. Mm. Adaptus has just nicked Farmer temporarily. Uh, we don't really know why. Mm. Uh, Tyrest is confused by this. It's just, just there's, there's something, and maybe there's something to come. I kind of think the Guiding Hand's sort of done now. I think, I think the other two issues are not going to really focus on them too much. I think you're right, but I do think that there was something a bit more to it, as you say. Um, when we are introduced to the Guiding Hand back in the More Than MCI annual, uh, everyone's taglines is a bit telling, perhaps. So, Mortilus is described as a Deathbringer, uh, Solomus is win- uh, Wisdom Incarnate, Bistimus is Knowledge Personified, and Adaptus is blessed with an infinity of shapes. Mm. And so far, uh, we've seen Adaptus being able to take... Um, we don't know exactly how he does it, but we know that he can change his shape. Because what we are told of Epistemus is that eventually he reduced himself to like the Magnificence because he didn't need anything else. Not that he has completely changed his shape. He kind mm. of reduced his shape. But Adaptus seems to have completely changed yeah, which is clever because how when he's the Grand Architect, nobody really knows what he looks like or who he is. Mm. But potentially they could have been talking to him uh, in his different forms. Yes. And uh, um, for Primus, the tagline is uh, light giver, life giver. And uh, yeah, we, we see that with uh, uh, Sparkfield, but we still don't know enough about Primus either. So, okay, he makes matrices. Again, as you say, Tom, what does that mean? What does the Matrix ultimately do? And what is his alt mode for? We still don't know what his alt mode's for. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I kind of took from this issue that his alt mode squeezes out Matrixes. Okay, so you think he needs to be in his alt mode to, like, get them out? Yeah, I don't know, to make, to, like, to push all the crystals together in one big blob of crystals, or I don't know if he makes the hat, the the casing, or whatever. And was he the first, and then the rest of the sparks were... Like, was he just the first spark to hatch, or did he create sparks? Mm. He comes with a serial number that implies that there's million million more Transformers to come. Yeah. He's not just one, he's like zero, 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 one. Yeah, well, I mean, also, is, is, is the population capped at uh, 1 billion? Yeah, and, like, who put that there? Like, do they get born with a serial number? Yeah, I mean, I quite like that. I like that 
despite all these revelations we've got, despite having Primus as a major character for 60, 6, 67 issues, however long we've had it, um, yeah, Cybertron and what it's for and why they're all here is still is actually more of a mystery than what we started out with. And I was just thinking about uh, how well-planned the Farber thing may be in advance. I was thinking about Drift's vision, where it's Farber leading the normal Spark Eaters. Mm. And it, so was Farber originally going to be working for the Grand Architect? Because it's, it's not Scorponok or Getaway leading the attack in Griff's uh, elucidation, it's uh, Farmer. Uh, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. The, the vision is vague enough to, you know, you can, you can just accept it for what it is, but given that it was in issue one, um, it, it may well, things have changed. may well be mm. since we've lost the 18 issues. I mean, there's also kind of like, why did Drift have that vision? That's... That's something which isn't quite... There's this idea that adapters have been sending out these subliminal messages somehow. Mm. He's been changing the book of adapters and the functionist universe. He's been laying the groundwork. But why does Drift have that? I, yeah, I mean, maybe you just take it the example that, like, just, Drift, uh... Drift has been keeping a dream journal. And... <laughs> <laughs> it's just coincidence. All these other dreams were about nudity at work or ratchets. <laughs> And I just, I just have to have one. <laughs> Which you had the courage to tell people about. That, that's why Ratchet uh, wasn't paying any attention. Well, you had another dream, did you? What's, what's this one about? It's, uh, is it about me, the witch sitting on your chest again? You can't get out of that. <laughs> Everybody has that one. All your teeth come out. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, was everybody just having that dream, but Drift was the only one who, like, paid it any attention? But... Uh... I suppose the, 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 the get all, unless something gets explained with the next couple of issues, the get out for everything seems to be the magnificence, in it? Yeah, yeah, it can do <laughs> it can do anything you kind of need it to do, which is, you know, part of the course for the magnificence. <laughs> and I guess it's because it's not just Epistemus, is it? It's Epistemus and friends uh, who are literal gods. They're mm. much more literal gods than Adaptus and friends. Mm. Yeah, the name of these. Uh... The ship he crashed in, the fateful archetype. Uh, so it's a bit of a pun as well, because he's the archetypal transformer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it kind of worked when you when he's, uh, you know, Transformer Carl Young. Ah, the fateful archetype. Yeah, he would be on that. But then it's, oh, he's not just Transformer Carl Young, he's Transformer God. <laughs> <laughs> you can just say the same thing, you know, he is God. He must have an insight into people's personalities and very souls beyond... Well, he, anything anyone else could do and he's still a shit psychiatrist well that's the thing yeah I don't think he he, he definitely doesn't seem apart from his Christ, I don't think he has extra abilities beyond what we've seen the healing is the big reveal here healing in the matrix I guess I don't know I mean yeah you know the, again the spark field yes which I guess is related to matrix and crystals or whatever he happens yeah or in a in a very vague way but uh the the original um myth uh, religion theory whatever you want to call it um does say that the guiding hand all come from primus like first there was primus then, mm, and then, then he split himself yeah is that maybe he made five matrixes because we seem to have quite a few matrixes around oh and then and then there's six of ten 
who suddenly starts wearing a matrix on his head after he finds that after Rung drops something in the prison cell. Did Rung just like lay a matrix there, which the janitor found? It's not an egg, Tom. <laughs> it's sort of a you know. So, well, I guess like a, I guess more like a spider uh, egg cluster, you know, all wrapped up in twigs. <laughs> Remind me, what was it that the janitor saw that the others couldn't see? We don't know. Oh, we but don't know he, yet. He found something and worked out what Rung was for. Okay. And he was made alt-mode exempt by a very pleased one of the functionists. And shortly afterwards, 6 to 12 started talking to the Matrix, getting adapters vibes out of it, and then turned it into his head. And we all assumed that was the fake Matrix which was hanging around, which Nominus had. Hmm. But maybe Nominus didn't have a fake Matrix. Maybe we got loads of Matrixes. <laughs> Hmm. Interesting things. Okay. So we've uh, we're heading to a sort of a. This is another issue with a lot of exposition because it's paid off a decades worth of storylines. So into what what actually happened to the guy in hand? Where we see that even back in the day, the Equibot had his fancy cloak. That's yeah. thing. That that was his thing. That's <laughs> a that's a retcon because when the Necrobot first appears in. Issue, hmm, uh, scavengers Six. issue, yeah. When he comes to pick up flywheels, he doesn't have a cloak. So uh, that's it right. was in the wash that day. <laughs> anyway, we want to. Right now, we yeah, we want to believe that he had the cloak all along. And it uh, so it turns out it all looked like it won't look like that at the time. And uh, but yeah, I, I spoke to James. I, I said a few times now. I'm not trying to rub it over his faces. But I spoke to him a few times at TF Nation, and. Uh, I asked him about the Battlestar Galactica connection I've talked about a couple of times and he said, no, he's never seen it. It's all coincidence, which is sort of quite adorable because what happens here is exactly what Dean Sockwell does to all Cylons in Battlestar Galactica, where he hits them all with a memory wipe so that the five important ones don't know who they really are and all the other ones forget what they really look like. It's an old, old idea, which I remember from the, um, the Tr- Transmasters UK, the fan fiction group that uh, Roberts was part of, that Eugenesis came out of. Uh, it was a kind of a way to explain how you could have the UK comics, where everyone's met Unicron a bunch of times, in continuity with the actual events of Transformers the movie, where nobody knows who Unicron is. And that was described, I think, as a mind gap. It was this kind of program that was transmitted into everybody where everyone just kind of forgot Unicron. So they could be surprised again when he shows up. It's like, is that kind of, I think it's a good, it's, it's, a, it's a much more interesting uh, evolution of that idea rather than hmm. uh, coming we, from outside. Should we break down some of the dialogue? So this is from Adaptus. It all began with you and the rest of the guiding hand follows. He's talking to Rang. Mm. Uh, and not long after that, Cybertron's hotspots began to simmer. So they seem to imply that they've been created not in the normal way. Mm. And an entire generation pulled themselves from the surface wet and warm and soft. Do you remember? Um, blah, blah. So does that mean what? There's Is wrong the... the dad of the guiding hand? Hmm. Yeah. How how did he appear? How or you know at the end of the day, do the guiding hand themselves know where they come from? Doesn't sound like it. Yeah. They certainly don't know now. Uh, Adaptus might. He's not telling. He's the only one with his memories intact. And I just thought, actually, does that, if they were the first five, does that mean that say 
Tyress serial number is zero 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 two. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like. They not, does it? They not. It's amazing nobody ever ever noticed that with the others because presumably theirs. <laughs> nobody ever said to the Necromot, "Oh, your your serial number zero 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 three. So that's a very low number. It doesn't come up much, though, does it? I mean, I think they take serial numbers when they bought the Lost Light because mm. they look at the IDs. None of those guys would have been on there at that point. Um, I guess, would Ratchet not know Farmer's? Oh, no, but Farmer isn't, is not, in fact, adopted, so his serial number is his serial number. Mm-hmm. Also, I guess... Nobody I would guess have checked something... Mortiluses. Nobody would have checked the Magnificence because maybe it's not even there anymore. Yeah, I mean, I guess Rungs grows back as well. And Tyrest is the only one who appears to be in their original body then, other than Rung. Mm. I mean, oh, all, all the, as well. No, but I mean, of the people who oh, would have at some point potentially somebody would have checked their serial number. Um, yeah, but may, maybe uh, Solomus was reading his upside down and he was he was two hundred million. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it just it hasn't really come. Like I can I can let that go. Hmm. Um. Anyway, if we. I find a lot of this dialogue very interesting, like what's going on there. Adopters wanted us to attack neighboring planets. War for the sake of war. That's like the Decepticons. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and no, war for the sake of survival. That's like Megatron all over again. Organic races endure because they adapt, and there is no greater spur to adaptation than the need to fight to stay alive. Okay, this does not agree with Megatron's philosophy and the reasons why. He's no, not trying it's more... to imitate organic life. He's trying to wipe it. It's more um, the Romans or the or Mussolini. Hey, Tom, you're more up to date than I am, so you might correct me here. But it's is it not quite like what uh, Shockwave was doing in his Onyx Prime as well, where he was uh, him and Alpha Prime were leading invasions of planets of RC, and that's why these people made. I'm going to spoil a bit of Unicron again. So go la la la. Yeah, <laughs> that's why they made Unicron because of. But they, uh... but they were that was uh, it was Primer's idea, <clears throat> and he was doing it specifically to be like the Knights of Cybertron. Ah. So, you know, we've got four waves of Cybertronian expansion. We've got the original, we've got Adaptus's original, which was stopped, I guess. Uh, then we got the Knights of Cybertron, uh, which. <laughs> ended up them all getting suicided. Uh, then we've got the 13 Primes, who actually were, well, they ended up making Unicron uh, as a result, but uh, they were fairly successful. And actually, the Megatron and the Decepticons did it best. And then we've got the Functionist in the alternate universe. Yes, absolutely. So that's a fifth. Yeah, Megatron did, did, did do it best. And we still haven't addressed yeah. his memory thing. Yeah, so, well, moon babies. Yes, I was going to say, was, I think it was uh, Utah, wasn't it? He said uh, he was born on the moon. And... Back when um, Chrome Dome was uh, pneumosurgering Overlord, he remarked on how good Overlord's memory was and how free from information creep it was. And he's a Luna 2 baby. Oh, my God, James. <laughs> God damn you. It's... it's... I'm not sure if I needed to explain information creep, mm. but it's a, sort of a, a memory wipe, and then they just carried on as normal. Like, I think you could forget a few things over millions of years. It's only really the... Well, there's, got... there's two things going on. They've, it's like, as a culture, they've confused a natural... Because Overlord does have some uh, information creep. 
He can't remember all of the faces in the crowd. That's called out. So there is a natural information creep, but um, that's been kind of conflated with uh, this whole period of history being basically gone. Oh, yeah. um, I just realised on the panel where he's absorbing uh, the energy from the thing, uh, from the moon, he's, uh, he's doing his giant giant size again to take the full blast. So oh. he was having his revenge on the moon when he was punching it back in issue one of Lost, oh. uh, issue six of Lost Light. That's nice. Take that for what you did to me. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't quite, yeah, it's kind of shot from below. But I didn't quite, yeah, how could he have taken the full brunt if he was a tiny little rung? He grew real big to, yeah, that's an amazing spot. And ju- just a second as well, if that clicked. <laughs> That's live podcasting. Isn't it the case, though, that the functionists do something to allow for the mass displacement? Don't they modify him to do that? Like, I, I didn't read that panel as him being growing. No, me neither, though it does make sense. Also, it's Luna 2 that Giant Rung smashes. Um, He's just got mood issues. <laughs> <laughs> but but there's, there's a, when Megatron shrinks down... Something he can do. He can be tailgate uh, um, rewind sized. Mm-hmm. He says, "Once your when your spark's been rigged to mass shift, you never lose that ability." Yeah. So maybe the functionists just kind of flipped the mass uh, uh, mass phasing. Okay. What's it called? Mass switch. Mass shift. The mass shift switch in Rung Spark, rather than gave that put that ability into him. Okay. Let's see, what else have we got here that's interesting? Oh, uh, the panel parallel uh, at the bottom with his uh, reflection in his uh, goggles. The Deja Vu. Let's mm. call back uh, to... I uh, Somebody give me the issue number, so I don't know who people... Uh, remain in light. Remain in light, that's, that's the issue number. To call back to that when uh, they came across uh, the move for the first time. There's an identical panel in there, all... Uh, Mm. Reflected in his goggles. I want to say sixteen. Oh, that sounds about right. Yeah, but when they se- so they they follow Ultra Magnus. It's seventeen actually, because okay. uh, sixteen is the one that's been drawn. Is the one where Drift gets kicked out. So that's been drawn by somebody else. But that is definitely a Milne issue where they find Luna One. As uh, a deja vu scene, so it must be one issue later. Is that explicitly? I, I remember that. I remember that drawing, but is, is it drawn with that? I mean, the Warren's always drawn very distinctly, that kind of... I had that question when uh, I made the link between the two. Uh, Milne is, is definitely drawn differently, but there's nothing to say that it isn't the Warren. I mean, it's drawn quite... It's kind of... He was doing amazing things with um, grayscale inks at the time, so it's kind of drawn very prettily. And the colours are. Josh's colours are also... I remember it looking very kind of, like, fluffy. Hmm... Um, okay, let's chalk it up to artistic license and say it was the, it was the Warren <laughs> that was, okay. Tyrest was travelling through. Because Tyrest says that he just dis- rediscovered the Warren, right? Uh, well, yeah, he said that's how he escaped. Uh, that's where he went into when he ran away from Cybertron Park when. It's also this great thing, something that we took for granted at the time, that Luna One was covered in all these amazing technologies because Ultra Magnus had confiscated them. Mm. Tricks to go, oh, yeah, okay. I mean, a lot of weird comic book shit happens. But no, that was all Adaptus's... Um, that's just, like, stuff which Adaptus had in his attic. 
Yeah, or or maybe it was collection because he'd been building his armies and his everything since. But it does explain why Pharma chanced upon such an amazing lab. Yeah, um, the, the, yeah, yeah. The, the, the cure for cyber crisis right there. Where he could change yeah. his, you know, where his hands now change into whatever he wants. They truly were, like, adapted to his hands. Yeah. It, it was all set up all along. <laughs> but uh, it's not really clear, unless I, I missed something, uh, why Farmer, uh, why Adaptus left Luna, uh, left the moon in the first place. Because he, he gets clear through the Warren into the future, but it seems he's not on it when he sees he's separated from it at some point, so I don't want to fall staying there when it's all his equipment and stuff. Would yeah. have been, it would have been a perfect base for him to do whatever it was he was doing. He could have flown about in his big moon. Well, it's, it's, um, he leaves stuff behind. He left Necroworld behind. Mm. He just kind of seems to have these big projects and then kind of doesn't really clean them up. Which is odd, because when he was the Grand Architect... And he wanted to kill all the blacksmiths. He seemed quite concerned with cleaning, with covering his tracks. And he seemed quite proud of how how well he covered his tracks. But, but he really doesn't. considering where and who he left them to, he left Luna One to Solomus. He left the Necro World to Mortalus. So maybe hmm. he thought they were safe. Yeah, he does seem to that the way he talks about Tyrese, He's obviously quite sentimental about his brothers. Hmm. Yeah, so they get along so well. <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, there's another nice which I, I'm guessing is uh, on purpose on the same page as uh, around getting his flashback of the moon uh, the very top panel where Adapter says over time to account for the not knowing to explain who they were and how they'd gotten the, the population invented new details and gave their gods new faces the not knowing is highlighted in the speech bubbles and not knowing is the issue where the crew visit uh, Necro World and meet the Necrobot for the first time ah uh, huh. I, I think more than James is... 44 sorry yeah I think James was very restrained, actually. He could have spent the entire issue just going, uh, here's a panel from an old issue, ha-ha, for, for 20 pages. So in fact, he's only really done five or six specific examples and a couple of oblique ones. Uh, but there's some restraint there. Maybe that would have been the full 18 issues. It would have been 18 issues. We're going, here's every moment I set up wrong. Let me give you a blow-by-blow commentary on it. <laughs> So hang on, in the panel where Farmer says where I saw it was to come, he's kind of pointing out the window. Is that supposed to be Luna One down in the corner? No, I think this is the present day. The panel is not rounded. So uh, it's okay. just literally what he's seeing out the window. It's one of the oh, yeah. But Okay, but I, I, yeah, it, I kind of thought it was one of the... I thought it was one of the Cybertrons just in the distance. But yeah. maybe it's Luna One coming out the warren right now him saying here i saw what's to come there i am down there and the moon's oh. between us and cybertron yeah yeah oh actually you know, it is smaller than the cybertron primus is destroyed or maybe it's further yeah it could be further away i mean it's drawn it doesn't have the try it doesn't have anything that would identify it as luna one which is good thought though yeah you'd have the the thrusters on the back if you really wanted to make that clear mm. no, but before we get into the other stuff as well i, I do want to say uh, as he has a, a bit of dialogue here, how much I quite enjoy Flame, this issue. Because he certainly says that he's just sort of this guy who's been hanging about. 
<laughs> he's, he's not really into any of his stuff. He's just been doing odd jobs. And as soon as uh, an actress dies, he's like at the door going, ah, oh, hell, we're locked in. I just want to go home. I want to clock out, go put my feet up in the office. Go do a few spark experiments. Yes, I've got to look for a new job now. Go through the papers. <laughs> it's, it's quite nice sort of all the people who were hanging out with uh, with uh, an actress as a swan. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not that bothered, bloke. <laughs> but so, someone who is bothered is Tyrese, who uh, has had a, a, enough. He's really pissed off now, he remembers. So what's why what's his legacy he's talking about? Labouring under delusion, denied his legacy. Well, his legacy oh, so... he's a god, I guess. Uh, oh right, he's he's, he's he's okay. He's upset about the whole memory hype thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he was like a judge for years, so like there's lots of dull paperwork and filing involved about sort of thing when he could have been a god. Sitting up on a <laughs> Carving babies in two every day of the week. I mean, he went a bit insane. Obviously, something like he, he very likely also knew something was wrong with him. Um, mm. He started losing it. There's no real explanation as to why Tyrese started losing it. Like, he, yeah, he, it's kind he, of... he suddenly started drilling himself and searching for the Knights of Cybertron. He was looking for something. Like deep down, he knew there was something he was after, but didn't quite know what it was. Mm, his is a really sad story, mm. kind of in in totality. Um, yeah, kind of reached the height of his potential, and then saw too many war crimes, and just kind of because the idea of the Quetus trials just sort of got stopped because Tyrests couldn't carry on. Is that is that is that right? I don't know. I get, I get that impression. I know they didn't. They never. I thought they were shut completed. down because they were always dodgy. Okay. Yeah, I wonder what the timeline is. I wonder if Tyrus started going south after then. Mm. But then, of course, Pyle had ordered a, like, a damn hit on Tyrus. The one thing, you don't go to a guy who is very upset about memory wipes. You do not try and wipe his memory. Uh, yes, as Megatron has, uh, has clearly indicated. Now, so, what, what's odd here is that everyone else is just sort of standing around watching this fight rather than trying to you know, pull them apart or interfere yeah. Like, yeah, you two guys, you just sort it out. I'm sure you won't kill each other. <laughs> well, nobody's terribly concerned about uh, Tyrest. You kind of think that Ratchet would try and save Farmer. Uh, um, I think, well, Farmer went wrong be- way before he was Adaptus. Yeah, but they still, they still had that friendship. I mean, Ratchet's not the kind just to... Ratchet's merciful. And uh, Ratchet is beloved, apparently, or so Pharma oh. says. <laughs> uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff from the fans of Ratchet in this issue. If you, this is something somewhere I feel I feel in the compression a bit. So, but maybe it's just because we know there's been a lot of compression now. So maybe it's my mind playing tricks. But I, I think I said on the last podcast I was expecting a, a, a farmer. Adaptus internal battle to be a thing. Yeah. And um, I think winds up being one panel. Mm. <laughs> no, to, no, to be fair, one, two, three panels. I feel like that, that would have been a plot if there had been more issues where there would have been a which way is he going to go, who's going to take dominance in the end. But it, it it's just three panels, which is a shame because I do I do like Farmer, so a bit more of him uh, in conflict with himself would have been would have been quite fun. Mm. 
Yeah, there need, they needed to be more with this fight. Like, I, you know, Rodimus, you, you had this big thing of Rodimus being the merciful guy who would save Getaway. He would make a go for the gun. When, if Solomus pulls a gun, he's going to try and... It does happen very quickly, I suppose. Mm. Why don't they have a chat? <laughs> have a bit of a chat while it's going on. It's just sort of comic book convention. Uh, this is really the only way to stop Adaptus uh, giving exposition. This is to kill him because he's doing it pretty much right up to the end. <laughs> in the middle of a fight, he's like, well, yeah, after all I've done, uh, speech, 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 ratchet, oh, what's going on? Death. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's fine. It, it, it had to end that way, really. I mean, a lot of this issue is clearing the guiding hand off the table. Do we, um, do we think they're dead? I do think they're dead, yeah. And of course, I suppose whatever uh, the magnificence uh, that was never uh, when we've known it's been really a member of the guided hand. It's been the, the Amiga Guardians in control of this all along. So I'm, I'm assuming they'll be back again because they've already established they can control other things like ten. Um, I think it's. Uh, I think the Amiga Guardians is a comedy moment. I think they're gone. Can I just? say these guys die in the same way as the necrobot did they kind of turn to dust and i only just realized that that's because uh, my my thought process went to it must be because the bodies are so old that they just like the minute they lose the life they just then then i thought of vampires and buffy and i thought mm. that was quite hilarious oh but hang on because well, this is this thing that like adaptus doesn't Adaptus doesn't have doesn't have a, an old body. He's wearing farmer. Yeah, we don't actually know what, who, how he is. But there's um, there's the thing with the phase phase sixes, how they blow up hmm. when they go. So maybe it's just about their spark. Maybe there is something in this first generation of the guiding hand that that's just because they're made a bit differently, because they got these kind of powers and things. Maybe they. Um, I guess they don't all have powers. I mean, it's only really Adaptus and Rung who have superpowers. Right, because the theory wouldn't hold because Pharma isn't as old, so his body is not the original body. So why did he suddenly evaporate? Hmm, I think it's just the way the spark. Unless it's uh, just Tyrest's explosion taking him with him, because Tyrest is starting to go with that panel where he's drilling into into Pharma's uh, head. Yeah, it's so, so yeah. The dust started to burst out of him at the same time. Hmm. So, oh, then it's coming out of Farmer's forehead where he's drilling as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, so it is. Yes. It's not very. It's yeah. It's the art isn't entirely helpful, but. I really like that panel where they, when they dust though. Yeah, it's very Buffy. They're just they're they kind of outlines, um, going up. But if the Necrobot's cloak survived the dusting, I'm not sure why Tyrus. Cl- crown and these other things which are sort of anyway it's, no, it's that, that, that's a very buffy thing as well it was things would survive the, the dust scene depending on the plot like sometimes <laughs> rings maybe a ring you go oh this is a handy plot device yeah oh look he left this ancient ring behind i wonder what it is <laughs> but everything else has vanished his jacket <laughs> one of the hands uh, i've seen that uh yeah one of tyrest's hands survives because uh, one of us is holding it. In a, no, in a it gets cut. It, it gets was cut, cut off. off before. Oh, okay. So yeah, why why did that not blow up when it's cut off? Because it wasn't connected to the spot. I am very confused, but okay, mm. let's let's just take it as it is. 
So they go back to the Lost Light, and then they have a bit of a conversation about Rung's superpowers. Quickly establish that Rung doesn't have any. Um, well, we've also got a nice big, uh, big crowd shot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, oh my god. I think there's something Maui wants to talk about on this page, isn't it? <laughs> in a teeny tiny corner in this panel on the left, there is Ratchet hugging Drift, who he thought was dead. And first aid at the back is having a bit of a moment because he's really happy for them. Roller is menacing flame to make sure it doesn't get away. <laughs> yes, yes. And Cyclonus <sighs> is looking at the happy couple as well and making mental notes. <laughs> and Ruckus is there. Good old Ruckus. Ruckus, our favourite. Yeah, the functionalist Ruckus. With functionist Jetfire and... Uh, some other dude. Yay, those guys. Oh, and White Barrett's there as well. I'm sure White Barrett's, White Barrett's going to do something any time now. To... Look at, he's looking a bit shady, his White Barrett. He's kind of hiding in a doorway. <laughs> yeah, he's like peeking out. I like how big and uh, and cool-looking Thunderclash is as well. Mm. Just looking solid and heroic. Oh, my God, and he's so much bigger than, the, than Chrome Dome, though. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and Brainstorm and Nautica get a moment, too. Yay! Uh, and Ultra Magnus wanted to know who uh, Fulcrum's friend is. That's what I like. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my God, I just got that joke. I just literally got the joke. <laughs> oh, my God. You, you are the Ultra Magnus of this podcast. <laughs> Oh, Fulcrum's friend turns up. That sounds like quite an interesting character. I'm sorry, I need a moment because this is an amazing joke and I really need to appreciate it for one second. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh my God. Okay, okay, I'm over it. (laughs) Uh, And then we have dear old Freud, our favourite. Yeah, this is is another... uh, Again, I said on the last episode, there's all sorts of stuff they can do uh, or was it you, Tom, that said it? Sorry about There's all sorts of parallels you can make between Freud and Rung as yeah, I, I devil. Thought, I thought there was a bunch of... I thought, yeah, I kind of had the suspicion that Freud was part of Primus. Maybe that's why his memory his memory was, was wrong. That he's like the dark side of him. Because once you reveal that that uh, Rung is Primus, what does that make Freud? Just, just, just some jackass. Well, yeah, he's, like, he's the opposite, right? There's something in that. And then you can kind of, oh, well, who is young and, and um, uh, you know, Sigmund Freud, you can, there's, there's a lot of stuff to play with, but they just shoot him and he's dead. And Maybe he was, he was intended to be Unicron in the original, but, he's got... but James it's, had it's... To, to do a bit of a rewrite. He's very, very specifically targeted, him and Sundu as well. It's like... Uh... The Amiga Guardians, who, who is the character that we really don't have time to do anything with? Those two, where we'll kill one of Megatron's functionalist guys just to make it look like it's not on purpose as well. Well, also, he's, he's a whole can of worms as well, the functionalist guy. We want to ask him a lot of questions. Yeah, but I did wonder why Sander and uh, um, Freud were still around. They haven't contributed in any way to anything. That, that, that is like a real checklist thing, isn't it? Yeah. The only thing they did was try to nudge Adaptus's memory, which ended up getting Scorpion killed. But you could have done that in many, you know, any number of ways. Uh, they they were really not necessary. They could have been turned into Spark Eaters and killed ages ago. 
Mm, yeah, the, the odd thing is that Sunder, with his special powers, would have been really handy to have around to deal with a guy who's got amnesia for for millions of years. Could have brought well, up memories. I, of... I, that, that's gonna that's gonna be Chrome Dome's job, mm, right? Yes. That's gonna be Chrome Dome's last hit. He's gonna he's gonna nemo surgery, rung and die. Because Rung doesn't seem to know how to make matrices. Matrixes. Oh, uh, that's God, what yeah. they needed to do, isn't it? He, he, he doesn't seem too sure of his special power. Actually, no, Crandon won't die. That would be. But he'll be in peril. It would be a bit unnecessary. I mean, he already had his one last time when they did the whole thing with Dominus. Yeah. I think we've kind of moved on from that. I guess so. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering because he's very specifically with Chrome Dome and rewind when they take him off to go make matrixes mm. okay so primal power trademark <laughs> <laughs> which is basically the plan make him up with as well he's gonna make loads of matrixes and we're gonna zap it with primal power that's the world is right <laughs> yeah just like the the 12 uh <laughs> the 12 um infinity gates that swerve said they were gonna open <laughs> It's a, it's a better plan than the Magnificencies, which... That's all, I mean, we were basically right about what happened in the shuttle back in Sardines. We just didn't quite... Except in that we were completely wrong, yeah. but other than that, yeah. Well, we, we, we were right <laughs> about the how. We just didn't click as to the who was doing it. Because I mean, we, we said it was somebody manipulating them to go there by faking all this stuff. We just thought it was probably the Grand Architect or... Farmer. It makes more sense as Farmer. The way he messes with rat, yeah, I, I, I'm not entirely satisfied with the magnificence being behind it, but whatever. The thing that bugs me about it is, if a magnificence could teleport tailgates to Necroworld, they're not Necroworld, to Madiri, mm. from Necroworld, what? And it only wants three of them. They could have just grabbed who he wanted and brought them straight there. Well, he's there to, I guess, presumably open the Matrix to to get more around the morality lock, right? That's oh yeah, I mean he could have just. I'm not. He didn't need to do all that fakery with faded out ratchet and all that. He could have just yeah. tell the people he needed to be doing. Yeah, it's much of a muchness, isn't it? Yeah, I'm. I'm really not sure about all of this exposition and and still, why, why, why the morality lock on, uh, lock on the three of them? Why them? Hmm. Well, yeah, I, um, maybe giving it more credit, maybe giving the idea more credit than deserves. I guess the original plan was for skits. To do it, it's uh, he can get through morality locks. Everybody takes the morality lock, even though they're surprised to find out it's real. Everybody takes the morality lock thing of face value as a, a thing that would apply to these three characters. Nobody questions that. So, well, I thought it, I thought it only applied to Tailgate. No, was it? Was it Rodimus, not that all three of them were picked? Rodimus wouldn't get through a morality lock. Morality well, lock. He might now. He's had his moment. Uh, maybe, yeah. But why drift? There's a lot. There's a lot of other characters who would fit this description. Why them? Well, yeah, but if only they kept the magnificence around long enough to ask it a few more questions. More questions. So, to the moment when Rung touched the magnificence and he transformed and said his transformation noise out loud, and then I guess transformed back at some point. What was going on there? What was the Magnificence up to with that? Unless it was just an automatic reaction, but because of the energy flowing through it from uh, uh, 
a higher plane dimension connected with Primus in some way by accident. I mean, if it can teleport uh, Telgate and remove several planets away, it can force someone to transform. Mm. I mean, really, Magnificence is really stupid here because it, yeah. it's got... It can see all these futures, but it can't see what the reaction from it just suddenly talking in a really evil, sinister way. Why not come up with a lie about why it needs to be the three of them and what it will do? Say, so, oh no, this will save everybody on the planet, don't worry. Because you just know how Megatron will react to that. That's consistent with the Guiding Hand being a bit shit. No, this isn't a Guiding Hand, though. It's a separate... Oh, right. Well, yeah, okay. The Amiga Guardians, because they're like weird animals, because uh, they're, you know, they don't really have a psychology that's consistent with a person. Fine. And Epistemus is just, I guess, a bit of a dumbass, the same way Adaptus is. I'm I'm really enjoying all of this because it just yeah it just goes to show all these higher beings are like shit in everything they do which is just pretty consistent and also it makes me laugh because uh, Adaptus earlier says oh only organics can ascend to the higher plane like where the Omega Guardians are and it's like what the fuck is the higher plane they're all like a bunch of idiots over there as well like where do you think everybody's going? <laughs> They're all, they're all trying to get out of the higher plane as well. That's, that's something kind of amazing. Oh no, we've ascended. We've, 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 we're beyond flesh and blood. Oh, it's crap. I want to get. Oh, I've died and become a network of space tunnels. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to clean up this bit. They're all just panicking up there. It's a very Russell T. Davis Stop to Who idea as well. It's uh, which you said, I, I know James has definitely seen Russell T. Davis' Doctor Who, so I can say that with, with more sensitivity <laughs> from my other guesses. But uh, it's only going to imagine Timothy Dalton do a voice for Magnificence and try to p- pull his way back from uh, this other dimension. Which has, has a higher planes been mentioned before? Uh, yeah. Oh, um, has. Uh, the uh, uh, Agonizers talked about almost nothing else. Of course. <laughs> Um, I, it's enough of a science fiction stock concept to, uh, um, yeah, to kind of work. You can just, you know, you can just assume that this universe has ascended races. That's fine to me. Can we take a moment to appreciate that Rodimus just proposed to Megatron? Oh yeah, <laughs> Every, it's, it's the end of the world. Everybody's just giving into their deep romantic feelings. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what what about poor Ultra Magnus? <gasps> he doesn't seem bothered. <laughs> he wants to, well, he wants to he... know more about the friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's over. Somebody single. Everybody else is paired off. Maybe this will be somebody for me. <laughs> 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 I think that is a cool moment between one of us and Megatron there. We're so we are our best together. Oh, it's true though. They get a lot done. Yeah. And that is a that is a kiss me you fool panel as well, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, Megatron gets a lot done without Rodimus. <laughs> oh yeah, he's had hundreds of years. Of... A lot, a lot more. He's found time. He's to paint the ship and get a load of purple ships as well. <laughs> That's why he failed to save so many planets. He was like, I'm just gonna finish painting this one ship purple, and then we'll go. War the people off on Earth. Oh no, too late. See, his 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 one his red dwarf reference you might have missed. I imagine him out there on the on the side of the ship, you know, with a roller <laughs> in the in the opening with a intro. <laughs> <laughs> Holding roller up like he held up Minimus Ambus. 
Uh, it's, it's lucky it takes a long time to uh, to rip a planet apart with your bare hands because uh, this just allowed all the exposition to, to come. Thomas is only just getting there after finishing the fourth one off. I mean, it would take years to be, you know, to kind of try and think about it and like just to, just to move. Uh, yeah, I don't. Or days at least. To be fair, Unicorn was a bit faster, but he was able to, to sort of smash Cybertron with his belly. I think he was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very upset how quickly these planet-sized things. Well, I mean, yeah, even to do even to do that with days would be moving at like near light speed. They're, they, they, uh, yeah, they're moving subliminally. These guys. Maybe I mean, there's a lot, super, a super lot more time passes here where they just everybody gets married. Um, I love a bit of a bit confusing, but where one of us has to clarify which Primus he's talking about as well. Yes, that's a lovely moment. Uh, okay, so they come up with a better plan, which doesn't involve anyone getting suicided. And then to, to clarify, yeah, the Magnificent's plan is just to blow up Cybertron with all the people on it, and that will somehow, even though five or well, four planets size Cybertron just exploded. Uh, so Primus doing it will open a dimensional rift somehow. Mm, yeah. Also, like, Unicron's been eating a lot of planets. Well, I guess he will be in, like, a year. I don't know when the timelines are. Like, are the Amiga Guardians going to ride those coattails? Be amazing like, if the next issue of Unicron is just Amiga Guardians popping up. Going, ah, it's us! Also, Supernova go off all the time. They're much bigger than a planet. Exploding. Go, uh, maybe it's just, just a shit plan. <laughs> yeah, they do seem like like babies. These guys. I wish. Yeah, I really like the way Nickle just just kills them. They are very hungry babies, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, but that's the thing it shouldn't have said. We're gonna eat everything. That's that's a mistake. There. So, oh, did I tip my hand a bit too much at that point? <laughs> <laughs> Uh. Yeah, I like, it's just a, a Russell T. Davis bit. Like they do, the Omega Guardians get to say their whole weird Lovecraftian extent of their powers and bodies, but um, yeah, didn't didn't quite take into effect that it, it, it even goes more evil uh, a speech ball. Because like, let's just really get a town. Why? Why Epistemus? Why did they? Why the Magnificence? Why did they? Why did they need? Why? I get the feeling it was just like Epistemus dabbling, trying like dabbling in things he did not understand and got taken well, over. It, it says they could speak through certain people, like so. Ted was somebody they could speak through. Mm. So presumably, uh, the Magnificence was just one as well. Oh. It was a really useful one. Brain damage comes into it again, doesn't it? So they. Oh, there was like Grimlock. And... Yes. Hmm. So we've got Tyrest, who is brain damaged. Um, yes, yeah, so we've forgotten about that. I don't mean Grimlock uh, saying random yeah. things. But we had that explained. It wasn't somebody speaking through him. It was just that like he was more lucid in his dyno mode. Hmm. And it was his dyno mode when he was writing the messages, wasn't it? But we do have a common theme, is that the whole of the guiding hand had been damaged in some way or other. Mm. So, is there anybody left uh, on the Lost Lights with some 
previous mental injuries that maybe Mega Guardians would want him to speak you through the next issue with any specific moments? Oh, something, some mental damage caused by going through the back of the neck. Yeah. Someone There's... like Red Alert. Or, uh, or uh, potentially uh, Rewind. That's been a bit of a... Um... That's been a bit... He's allergic to ultraviolet light, isn't he, allegedly? Which is how you see neurosurgery marks on someone. That's always That's been a bit of a big unknown. Because mm-hmm. mm. in the script for uh, issue 12 more of BTI, where it's, it's mentioned, I think it's issue 12 anyway, I don't have it to hand. Uh, I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong quite really. But uh, in the script, in the notes, James says that and uh, some other line in that issue I can't remember now, but that was specifically setting up a Chromebot Dome Rewind Plus. Maybe the same one he mentioned, a TF Nation, that's not completely clear, but uh, a, TF, a Chrome Dome Rewind Plus that he ended up not doing, and he was glad he didn't do. He said he, he thought that uh, was a bit of a blind alley, whatever he was thinking of there. So maybe he'll bring it back now to play off something as well? Yeah, it's a... I, I would just sort of meta-textually... Um... I don't think there's going to be a sad ending for Chrome Dome mm. and Rewind. I think... Um, no, it, it doesn't have to be sad. Like, a, maybe a mode of pill. Well, I, I don't know. Kind of, if you've been, if you've been uh, uh, fiddling with your husband's memory, that's, that's, that's kind of over, right? That's, you're, not, you're not walking that one back. You're so sad. I mean, Nickel will come and push his head. That'll be having to steal the Chrome Dome's end. I think they're going to get a happy ending. Um, because I think they're one of the big parts of the legacy of this story. Well, I, I must mention as well, because I remember now, the other thing uh, that I found puzzling about issue was that uh, being said, the setup for the Chrome Dome rewind plot in the notes was uh, very specifically how Chrome Dome's record logo looks when you see through his camera. So rewind. You know, when he's, uh, rewind, sorry, yes. Uh, record logo looks when he's, you see from his camera so you know he's recording he said this needs to look like a normal record logo and he said that was key that was something for that plot line as well and i would love to know how that would have would have played in to something oh right so this is kind of when rewind is knocked out when he gets blown up by whirl uh, it, it's around you, you see some uh, he's filming the battle, that's why he's there. So he sees okay. his POV, POV at some point, and he says this needs to uh, have a normal Earth camera record logo flashing at the bottom of the screen. And uh, that w- would come back, would have come back later if he'd have pursued that plot. That would have been key to that. So mm. okay. it's all the little details, every little speck of dust that explodes out of uh, a body means something somewhere. So here's something the purple ships fly over, and they blow up the last light. Is, is, is that not just the moon exploding around it? No, it, it, they say uh, it's gone. No, but that, that, that's just from Primus ripping up a planet, isn't it? Okay. The whole thing splits in half. Kind of like Cyberpod as in Unicron. But here's my concern... Is, uh, is Did Megatron just lose everybody there? It, it, it specifically says, yeah, the last light's totaled. No, everyone was in the lost light. Oh, okay. So last light's full of. He must have left people on the other ship, right? He must have completely abandoned it. Because why why would he bring everybody over if if he was expecting they were going to leave together? That's a bit of. 
But you know, he only needed to over for the conference for maybe a couple of his main lieutenants. Uh, you wouldn't need to bring his whole crew with him. No, he says, the last lights unattended, I'll gather my crew and head back before. Oh, he does yeah. say, okay. That's good. Well, if he'd have left somebody back on there, they could have took the ship off before the crowd <laughs> exploded in the So that, that's poor captainship there, Megatron. If only they had access to a teleporter. No, <laughs> they just crushed it there. So. Um, okay, so we've got everybody... Right, that's fine. We've got everybody all in one location. We've killed 9 or 12 and Rung and Sunder, but we're all fine. Not, not Rung. Not Rung, sorry, what's his name? <laughs> that would have been Freud. <laughs> And we're going to go make. So the new plan is they're going to make a matrix for every hotspot, and that will trigger Vector Sigma killing the functionists of uh, Functionist Council, but leaving everybody else alive. Okay. And giving them a handy planet to live on if it works, because they, they need hey. a, new, a new one. Just like in GI Joe vs Transformers, they've also got the Necro World. They can make new Cybertrons. That's it. You're, you're undermining the, the dramatic moment of the most recent issue of Unicorn. <laughs> yeah, they're just making another one and another one. Well, the, the whole point, you know, they're going to go live on Earth in Unicron, so it'd be But fine. I do have a question yep. about that. The Necroworld is a mold, okay. Mm -hmm. But, like, there's more to Cybertron than just the place you step on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's not... I mean, presume, because we got a functional god gun on each world, I guess it is more than... I guess a mold is just the most convenient but way to. There's more to it, like Vector Sigma, yeah. the hotspots, all of that is more to it than just material. Yeah. It, it must I, be just how they do the surface then, and then they build up everything inside it, which you'd have known. He must have had a lot of people on that project, or my money has been millions of years, yeah, so millions of years, by yeah. itself, every single screw was sat there going, oh. uh, Yeah, it, it, because it. If I, if we did right, that isn't a mould that actually made the original Cybertron. It's a mould Adeptus made to duplicate Cybertron. So how did he make... Did he get sneak back to Cybertron at some point to put a big cake <laughs> teen over it and then sneak away? <laughs> well, so, so you say there's more to it, but the, but it, uh, Necro World wasn't just the mould, right? It also had that database with everybody's spark on it that, that sensor found. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess it does have the means to, to make a new Vector Sigma, to make a new everybody except the Guiding Hand. But then, do, is there any proof that the, the other Cybertrons are anything but the, the, the planet and the big gun thing that he specifically wanted to stop Primus? Maybe there is no Vector Sigma in them or nothing beneath the surface. It's just a, a shape. That's how I interpreted it. Is it's just there so it can transform into a gun. It's not there to replicate a living planet. So he put, he put a lot of effort into the surface detail there, but he didn't really. But then, but then why? A big circle with a gun on it. But then sensors control, like why? You know, he's got this database of everybody's. You know, he's, he's keeping track of every transformer that's ever lived and keeping that's track just, of. That's of just his <laughs> Yeah, but he's he. So we get we get told a little bit. There's a big mystery here with the guiding hand that still needs to be uncovered. Is this guy Tusk, Sensor's friend, who worked at the Sensor's office, who found Adaptus's Necro World, and uh, and said, "Hey, you know, here's a cool, here's a cool uh, place we can go smoke weed." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that was Adaptus, because as Mario was saying, maybe he was Pat. 
about earlier about how he ended up with his two mates taking over his two uh, bases. So maybe he just because an after census wouldn't recognise him, so he just comes along, gets a job at census office, works there for a few years, and then goes, "Hey, look at this place. You can go do a thing with," and then leaves. That's 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 nicely convoluted for the grand architect, but um, he's a convoluted. He came up with a. But why would he do 50 that? Fifty million year plan to to, <laughs> to build planets. He's aiming for the long term. <laughs> sure, yeah, that's definitely within his capabilities. Uh, just but, but he didn't gain. Adaptus doesn't gain anything by Mortalus going out and making a a list of becoming. She looks. She looks he looks. He it though. He gains a caretaker. That's true. Yeah. Just like Luna One getting a caretaker with Tyrest, for sure. But I, I, I've got a wackier idea. Oh, well, I'll, I'll just say before you give back, though, Tommy, he also saved Tyrest after uh, remaining light as well, and he gave him a job as his assistant. So he's, he's got some fondness for these people. Yeah. Time. He's got fondness for making them his subordinates as well. Yeah, that's a good mm. point. But the other, the other big mystery we've got is who Rung fraternised with on the Fateful Archetype. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also Tusk. I think Tusk is a guided hand fanboy and a mortalist worshipper who um, has kind of, yeah, been sort of going around um, stalking ex-members of the guiding hand. And I think he struck up an inappropriate relationship with Rung and then died on the fateful archetype. It's only inappropriate if uh, he was Rung's patient. Well, he was. Uh, was he? Yeah. Oh, is, that your, is that your decision? <laughs> no, that's, that's that's how Freud described That's why Rung was struck up. Oh, of course. Yes, yeah, sorry. I thought you just meant who his mate was. Oh, the fateful architect. I've forgotten that, even though I was mocking Rung's <laughs> soccer, soccer. Or if that was indeed Adaptus, maybe he didn't die in the fateful archetype. Hmm. Yeah, maybe he snuck off. And maybe, yeah, maybe it was a hit. Maybe you're trying to take Rung out the picture. Don't know why. Mm. But, yeah, that's, just that's for all time's sake. That's very Dean Stockwell in BSG as well. It's going out round with uh, the final fight, just chilling with the bars and stuff, just to be dicks. Well, and there's some good material for a prequel here, I think. Hmm. Hey, let's hope that happens. Oh, no, it won't be. Oh, nothing, nothing stopping other people from writing it, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's good, you know. Uh, but Madame James's next big novel, but it be with all the names and copyright details change. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, th- yeah, I think there's, there's, there's something else there. Um, and I think Tusk, it's, it's such a strange thing for Mortalus to talk about. He, he does mention him by name, which is uh, suspicious. Yeah. But, but then he, he connects with Lloyd Beats as well, doesn't he? Very briefly. So clearly he's just a lonely man who just, who just wants yeah, a friend. Yeah, that's very much part of... Um, um, oh, I see his corpses. It's very depressing. ...of Mortalus's character. Shame. I feel, yeah. I feel sorry for all the Guiding Hand, really. He had a nice cloak, though. That's... And a nice cloak. Yeah. They are, <laughs> they are, they are lonely, sad figures. 
Except my mental health problems. I'm assuming at some point we'll we'll check in with Fortress Maximus again, just if I need to say goodbye to them with a final issue. It was like an ill way farewell. And I'm hoping that Red Alert is still wearing that cloak. <laughs> Whatever he's doing, just walking around going, yeah. So this is actually one of God's cloaks. Great. <gasps> I just had a thought. Maybe what we get uh-huh. at the end is a new guiding hand with their memories wiped, not knowing who they were. So like existing characters become each of the guiding hand. So like Tailgate and Rodimus and, and Drift and Red Alert with a cloak and... Okay. New myths and yeah. legends. Yes, I can definitely see James. I was thinking a lot of those lines, but uh, with Magnificence, last issue, wasn't I? I think that maybe it was trying to put together a new guy in hand, mm. which I was totally wrong on there. But yeah, I can see uh, at least the characters could be legendary for until everybody dies in the last issue of Unicron. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can tell Yeah. That's, that's it. well, especially because we got these 12 Matrixes. Like, who are going to be the 12 Matrix bearers? Um, and of course, the, the Warren could deposit you anywhere in time as well. So maybe it, to keep these characters safe from whatever may or may not happen in Unicron, what James would do at the end is they'll end up at a different point in time on the deactivated Primus Cybertron. We're full of a, oh, oh, God, oh, and God. And they oh, God. will become the guided hands or to the Knight Cybertron. Or the Knights of Cybertron. Yeah, so yeah, they're the ones they receive a new planet and helping the, the, the Functionists' victims rehabilitate themselves yes and it'd be as drift always said it was us all along do you want to know something else about tusk yeah this is this is all the wiki has on him it's all things that we will remember once i read it out but we're not we haven't been remembering so far tusk is old says the wiki even by his friends and seer standards old enough to have met the knights of cybertron Long ago, Tusk and Sincere worked together at the census office on Cybertron. When Sincere left the census office and retrained as a forensic pathologist, he lost contact with Tusk, whose subsequent death went unreported. It's so adaptive, isn't it? It's got... This set Sincere on the path on his calling as a necrobot, keeping a record, yeah, record of every Cybertronian's death. So if Adaptus wanted to have been this Tusk, that would have done it. He would have set him on track without actually having done anything. Mm. Yeah, and that death going unreported, that's still alive. Yeah. That's, that's... <laughs> He's not dead. Uh, uh, or, or maybe Tusk will show up at the end of the next issue and go, alright, because we've been going through villains quite rapidly. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> at, like page five of the next issue, the uh, Functionist Council will all be killed, and then Tusk will pop up and go, it was me! I am the ultimate villain for the last three pages. I turned into an elephant or something. Um, okay. That's what Rung turns into, one of his tusks. Ah, it's two rungs. <laughs> I did. I I like the fact that the necrobot that Mortalus turns out to be this really nice guy, um, who is just looking after you know the memory of the dead. Um, and you've got all these things like Mortalus worshippers and so on, and he's got like this really nasty reputation, but he's actually like this kind of cool person. Um, and I mentioned this earlier, but he does remind me of uh, the death of the Discworld. Uh, whose job is not in fact to kill anybody, but he's just, you know, looking after the souls and then doing the job, you know, that needs to be done. And he's actually this really nice guy that just wants some friends, you know. Quite lady yeah. as well. Spends quite a lot of time at his desk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cat- catalogs. Well, what, 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 
Walt Ellis is basically the only one of who's a fully decent person because even Grunt got took off as we were just talking about so he's, he's not the only guy committed to doing nice things he got struck just... off a kissing tusk he, he messed up a bit though when he got the, the briefcase didn't he when he went back and started saving people which is which was a little bit of a mm, is he doing the right thing is he not doing the right thing he's, he's interfering with fate there oh oh Motless yeah. why well, he did that because Knight beat chided yeah. him. He was doing that out of a moral conscience. Yeah, but it he? is a bit of a oh yeah, like he said he was doing the right thing, but was he really? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> do, you, do you think? Uh, do you think uh, the new Matrixes will reboot the Guiding Hand? That once you get, <laughs> we'll end up with a, a pile of dust. <laughs> we'll end up with sixty uh, Guiding Hand members after these twelve Matrixes open. Hmm. Where where are they in the Functionist universe? Oh, great question. Shit, because Rung's around, so yeah. what's Adapters up to? Mm. I, in theory, the, the, the ancient history of the Functionist universe should be very different because there's no Shockwave, who was turned out to be responsible for the entire prehistory of, of Cybertron in our universe. Yeah, Shockwave they, is they seen being though? executed. The Guiding um, Hand would predate. Yeah, Guiding Hand predates it. No, I'm sure that, that means all sorts of different stuff could have happened to them in those, those millions of years where there was no Onyx Prime yeah, about. The 13 Primes wouldn't have come about in any form. Mm. And so you wouldn't you wouldn't have you wouldn't have well you've got no Megatron, but you also wouldn't have uh, you wouldn't have the Autobot logo actually. Is that anywhere in the Functionist universe? Only on Megatron. Okay. Yeah, Shockwave came up with that one. Did he re- oh for God's sake, really? <laughs> Really? It's a bootstrap parad- uh, paradox, right? He came up with it because he was shown it. Why would you give an origin story to that? What the hell? Why? What? <laughs> what? It's got two origin stories in the Optimus Prime books. Let me tell you, it's got the it's got the original origin story, and then it's got the paradox origin story. Oh, I am behind on Optimus Prime. I will catch up. Maybe through gritted teeth, if that sort of thing was going on in it. Uh, I will try and catch up at some point. But maybe for Kay's art, uh, which is the main reason, to be honest, I'm reading Unicorn stories for Alex's art. Uh, because for having been Optimus Prime, I don't really understand anything that's going on in Unicorn. But it looks very pretty, it looks great. And it, if you've read Optimus Prime, it may read great as well. I can't, I'm not sure. But uh, I will catch up at some point. But that, that sounds. Terrible, Tom. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a like the worst John Barber idea ever. It's like, if I want to do a piss take of John Barber, that's what I would come up with. Shockwave invented the Automat logo. I feel dirty now. It's... Oh, yeah, I quite like it. <laughs> it's, uh, um, it's very tidy. It's very orderly. Yeah, yeah, can you just have... Okay. Every... There it is. I, I, I know some people have complained about this this issue with the seed of the lost lights doing a lot of box ticking, but dear God, that's that's a box ticking there. <laughs> this, he, had a big... box, he had to draw in the box to tick it afterwards because nobody was asking that question. Where is the box? Here is a box. Uh, there's a big concern I have about how Unicron's going to wrap up. It has this quite strong central idea of that. Um, okay, we're part of a society that did some uh, colonizing. And uh, killed a lot of people, and uh, you know was really quite inherently racist. So Unicron is this kind of like colonial guilt made solid. 
And there's also in that idea that we deserve this to kill us. Like this, this is deserved. Like Optimus, the whole kind of setup of Optimus Prime is that he has willingly used his privilege as you know this name he has and this title he has and all like sort of the power he has. He's willingly used it to further his goals, but like his you know. The source of all his power is is inherently evil, uh, which is really cool. That's a really cool idea. But how then do you beat Unicron? He's a metaphor for colonial just for you know the justice of years of slavery and colonialism. So what do you blow him up? What do you shoot him? What, what do you do? <laughs> oh, but, but is it? Remember last issue we had some stuff about visionaries' magic. So maybe the visionaries will come. No, I didn't understand any of that stuff about visionaries. To be honest, I, mean, I mean, I I read Transformers vs. Visionaries. It didn't. It was. It doesn't. Yeah, it's a hand wave. It doesn't make sense. But uh, yeah, it's, I, I was saying if we're going to talk about that briefly, I think the enemy was disappointed me objectively about the Unicron story rather than well, okay, I'm not quite following the plot because I've not read everything. Is it because we're on issue four now? I don't think any of the Lost Light characters will be popping up as I originally thought they might. Because of a big gap. And I think that's kind of a shame that the best characters aren't going to be in the grand finale, but fucking Rob the Space Knight is. And Joe Colton the, from G.I. Joe. Come on! They're, they're the ones who have a unicorn story rather than Rodimus, or...? Joe Colton from G.I. Joe, he's, he's the one who saves the day in G.I. Joe versus Transformers, because he wakes up the Earth, who becomes the It's kind of happening that way. He's like, no, no, no. hey, we need to use the magic thing to make the Earth defend against Unicron. Hmm. Well, I... but, but back, back to the comic we're actually talking about. Sorry, yes, <laughs> yeah. sorry, that was a tangential rant on stuff Marion hasn't read, so she's just sat there going, oh, I wish we'd stop talking about this. <laughs> and, uh, so we end, they're all ready to make their final stand. Uh, Megathon says save the universe, but technically they've already done that by agreeing not to blow up Cybertron. They've already stopped the Amiga Guardian's plan. So he's, he's been a bit dramatic there at the end. Well, they still need to save the universe from Primus, though, yeah? Oh, actually, yeah, that's, oh, yeah. They, they want to destroy the universe as well, don't they? Or eat all the planets in it, or something, which it's all... But... Everybody's just very hungry. Yes, it's... They want to make a functionist empire. Yeah. They've got the means of production. You know, they're 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 making new sparks somehow. They're um, you know, they've got a, a unbeatable warship, and they've got the motivation to to use it. Got to take away those things. Well, actually, it's in relation to what we talked about earlier. When he's ripping apart that one Cybertron, it doesn't look hollow. There's there's definitely stuff on the inside of it. Old adapters did fill the middle with something. Well, it, it, it needs to transform into <laughs> it needs to transform into a gun. So presumably, it has more than just a shell if it's a functioning gun. But I, I'm just gonna take the art in this issue with you know a pinch of salt here in general. Hmm. Um. Okay, we've got one issue left in Crucible, and then we have a an epilogue issue left in Lost Light. Mm. Well, actually, the, uh, the the next box saying Final Strike is a is a pun on the, the first Strike miniseries. 
which is a bit a bit random of James there. I don't know if that was his idea or uh, the editorial for the next bit. It was like, let's, let's just do a play on words on that much love miniseries. That doesn't really connect. I, I I'd forgotten that existed, so if that was the intention, <laughs> it, it did not work. Right, so what did you guys say? Anything else? Any other comments? I had some. I have some complaints on the art, which is that a lot of the art in this issue gets recycled. Mm, um, there's some cutting and pasting. There's a lot of cutting and pasting. Uh, it starts off with Rung and the regeneration of his arm, where it works, actually, because that's what the that scene is meant to convey, but it is a copy-paste of, of Rung um, throughout those three panels. Then we have it again when Adaptus is pointing out the window. Um, bits change, but the most, like, the the panel is the same uh, and then my my biggest uh, annoyance in this issue was the, the panels of Cyclonus trying to defend Tailgate against the Magnificence when Magnificence says that we need Tailgate to go do, it, uh, do his thing and uh, Cyclonus is just copy pasted without even his expression changing in that panel and that really uh, stood out I hadn't really noticed mm. the repetition in um, the issue before that I'll be honest I mean, that's, yeah, it's it's poor form, but I guess Jack just didn't have enough time. Well, yeah, I'm assuming that's, yeah, what happened then. Yeah, I mean, the art generally on books at the moment, I think the big mistake RDW have made, or made with the structure of these last few months, is their original plan, which as already isn't going to happen, uh, of it being everything twice a month, two issues yeah. a month, because it's... I don't know, as I said about today, Moffat's Fives, I don't know how Kay has been handling it on that book, but it's, I think it has hit Jack here. I mean, to be fair, I did enjoy the art more reading it last night um, during the podcast. I, um, it wasn't quite as rough as I thought it was uh, on a second or third reading, or maybe things resolve themselves a bit better when you were looking at them a bit more intently, I'm not sure. But yeah, the copy of base is bad, and we know on Unicron, uh, Alex isn't going to draw all of the last issue now. Um, mm. I believe the assumption is from their tweets it's going to be Andrew Griffith doing at least some of it. So I don't think that's been confirmed yet, uh, which is a shame as well. I'm such a dream project for Alex, and he's put so much into it. Uh, if they'd have kept it monthly, which would have only been a, what three more months so up to the end of the year anyway, mm. given the artists the more breathing space, we wouldn't have had things like this. I mean, Jack struggles, I think, for me anyway, when you can tell he's having to rush it. And it does make me worry about issue 25, because one of the things he was saying to the TF Nation in the panel was what a rush it was and how difficult it was to do it within the time scale, and he only just managed to do it without any help, because he was mm. determined not to have another inker or a, a artist. So, so that worries me about what that's going to wind up looking like. It's interesting because Alex, uh, I mean, we know Alex has nobody to blame but himself sometimes because he takes so long over each issue because of the detail that he puts in. I mean, he takes pride in it, but, you know, um, yeah. he makes hard, he makes life hard for himself. Um, but in the end, we, we have had them monthly. So the, the schedule has not been accelerated uh, particularly. Lost Light um, has been done by alternate artists for quite a few issues now, and issue 24 is going to be done by uh, Brendan Cahill as well. Um, so 
I mean, I'm not, you know, everybody works in their own, at their own pace, I'm sure. Um, it's just, you know, um, more experience, I guess, means you're drawing a bit quicker. Your style and things like that means you might be drawing a bit slower. Mm. But yeah, just, so we were talking about it earlier, just how beautiful Remain in Light was and how beautiful um, Dying of the Light was. You know, it's uh, Mill like trying out new interesting techniques, um, and I'm sure that um, yeah I can't you know these things get forgotten pretty quickly. I'm sure there were some delays and things. I mean it's fine. Like as a product, it's so good and considered. Yeah, I mean uh, I I haven't. It's such a shame. I'm behind on Unicron, but you know um, having somebody else oh, step in to do a few pages, I don't think it's going to take that much away from the book, you know. Oh, yes, yeah, very. Yeah. Yeah. As long as it's pages with Rob on it or G.I. Joe, <laughs> that's going to be fine. We can ignore it. Um, but yeah, because, uh, yeah, I also don't think Lost Light is going to tie into Unicron in any significant way. Like, there's no reason why it needs to, it's, oh, yeah, yeah. needs to agree with what's going on in Optimus Prime. And it's like, it is just hurting, um, it's just hurting the fight, the story. Yeah, okay, so should we wrap up? <laughs> so, yeah, let's wrap uh, up. Yes, yeah, so, so final, final thoughts on the uh, the issue fair. Any last uh, opinions people want to give, Tom? Uh, yeah, I thought this was great. Uh, it's really satisfying, um, you know, rewards long-term readers in a way that there's been a lot of lately. It kind of, yeah, I, I feel that my interest and... Um, my interest in, in patronage of the book is very much appreciated by issues like this. I feel that we can sit here and we can talk about this for ages uh, and, and it's it's very rich and um, uh, careful and it really stands on its own two feet and yeah, there's these sort of niggles about it being sort of squeezed in this event and outside forces and stuff, but it's, yeah, the product is, is amazing. Marion? Uh, I think exactly what Tom said. I have to agree. Uh, yeah, I think we, we all pretty much agree on this one. I, I, there is some obvious compression. That maybe more, more obvious because of the panel tier nation, as I said earlier. Maybe if, if I had heard James say that many issues have got lost, it wouldn't have been so obvious. But it almost feels like maybe there were a, two or three separate plot lines originally here. Like there was going to be one about the guiding hand and one about... The media guardians and what about functionists and they also get mesh mesh together like that with my uh <laughs> meshing together having would say but uh it's just got so much good stuff in it and even on like the fourth or fifth straight issue of lots of exposition it's still really well done exposition and we've really interesting ideas and character moments and it, it really is mainly about the character you know the I don't think anybody really cares about what the Amiga Guardians actually wants or what the <laughs> Functionist Council are trying to achieve. They're just McGuffins for the character interaction, and that is exempt. Uh, I had a few issues with the art. Uh, I mean, I suppose my biggest one was I didn't spot Ratchet and uh, Drift in their embrace on that panel because it was a sort of a red and white mesh. <laughs> so Mario had to point that out to me, but. Uh, there's still some good stuff in there with a big chin primus. So, yeah, I think we're heading for a big, 
big uh, good finale, especially as there can't possibly be any more exposition next issue. It's going to be all uh, all <laughs> killer next time. Unless we introduce a new villain <laughs> halfway through the issue. <laughs> so, yes, I think uh, we're, we're into a very, very good end game, and uh, we're going to have lots and lots to talk about uh, with the next episode. Hmm. Which uh, will no doubt be coming very soon, depending on what the schedule actually ends up being. Oh yeah, do we have a release date for the next one? Is it next week? Oh, well, there's been no preview yet, so I don't think it's not, uh, that. Okay. Soon. Okay. Um, one big thing about this is like, which is also why it makes it so satisfying. Is like the themes of this story are crystal clear. This is a story about memory and identity and uh, choice and totalitarianism and religion and uh, mythologies um, kind of impacting, like kind of running dominoes down the years. Like all the, and that's, that's all been there from day one. And we've now got years of interesting windings and convolutions on exploring those themes it's very it's very focused in that way yeah if, if we ever uh, get james on for another interview uh is i need to talk to him about the process where because he's four different editors since chaos theory i think maybe more mm. so the process of working with them in charge and what his plans were and how much he spelt out at the start of chaos theory i mean did uh, that was andy smith wasn't it who edited that so i think Mm. Uh, did he give Andy Smith a, you know, this, this character on page one this is what he's going to be doing in, in ten years <laughs> so how, how much was internal how much did anybody else serve out is it, there's a lot of stuff to, to ask and to ponder uh, with James I guess it's going to be quite an exciting uh, time dealing with a fallout from the end of the series mm-hmm. so uh, speaking of uh, fallout it's our time again where we promote ourselves uh, shamelessly and uh, Tom, because you have shiny new short hair and look professional, I'm oh, going to start with much. you, uh, because I'm sure you, you've got some exciting things going on with the man, the haircut. Oh, I was going to have some exciting things go on, but I didn't get any funding for any of it, so now I'm feeling sheepish. Um, uh, well, uh, um, there's new episodes of the Saga of the European King in production. They should be out quite soon uh just look for the saga of the european king is an audio drama i make about a king who heads out on a chaotic quest to kill winter um go find that on itunes or soundcloud or libsyn or stitcher or Podchaser or any of those sorts of places and look out for some new episodes soon Uh, Marion, are you up to anything at the moment? Uh, I'm still working on my website and chipping away at it. Hopefully we'll have it open soon. I'm not going to commit to a a timescale again. Um, But it will come attached with a store where you can maybe buy some things, hoping. Uh, Speaking of uh, things Marion has made, I think uh, we should put a thanks out to uh, Dog Cades. Uh, from Twitter, who uh, won the auction for the charity cards and paid nearly a hundred pounds, just under a hundred pounds for them. Woo, woo. Uh, Thank you very much. Which, uh, yeah, that's it's, that's like a two hundred percent increase of the original value of the cards. So, uh, but they arrived safely as well. Uh, I think, from what you were saying on Twitter the other day, which was a relief because the other thing I posted that day to London, uh, 
bound up, completely smashed up, and half hanging out its envelope. So you can never tell the Royal Mail. It's a, it's a magical mystery tour when Brexit Excellent. Things. So we got safely, <laughs> safely to Canada, not to the UK. <laughs> but uh, and as for myself, uh, I am now right at the end of the British Transformers comic, the transformation, this next Friday, uh, the 21st of September will be issue 332, James's second favourite number. The head of the series. Uh, so there's going to be all sorts of stuff all week from me on Twitter. Uh, so go have a look. I've I, no idea what I'm actually going to be doing to try to drum up promotion for it, but there will be, there will be things out there that will be exciting and sexy. And uh, the big, big final issue and the final set of collected comics. Uh which will then segue into Generation 2 and all the Panini and Titan stuff, but this is really where the, the originally intended idea will end, so there will be a, <clears throat> some sort of party and celebration there next oh, Friday, no. um, six and a half years, nearly. Um, so. I'm, I'm, uh, Stuart, I think we need to have a special episode of you talking about transformation and how it's changed you and the world throughout the... It, it broke me, Tom, it broke me. I finished it, yes, the penultimate one yesterday at about 1am. I'm going to have to read this bloody comic afterwards for today's podcast. I didn't have a chance to make any notes, honestly, saying random things. It's terrible. But, uh, and if you want to see all that, uh, you can follow me at Inflatable Dalek, and uh, you can also follow the podcast uh, at Podcast Maximus. Uh, we have a Facebook page as well, Podcast Maximus. Uh, there's Fred on TF Archive, uh, which I think is called Podcast Maximus. We're very on brand. And you can leave us reviews on iTunes or whatever crazy uh, podcast listening platforms you kids all use. We guarantee Apple won't steal Podcast Maximus from your library like he's doing everything else. We're that good. Keep us as your only entertainment. <laughs> we will be back soon. We've either lost like 24 or my six year nerd breakdown. What have you ever? Goodbye, everybody. Bye bye. Goodbye.